This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome everyone to the show. We have a special guest today that prior to creating his own firm, our guest was a successful executive entrepreneur in a multi-billion dollar organization. He is a award-winning author, an entrepreneur, life and business mastery strategist. He's also a husband and a father. Our guest today is Pradeep Sangha. How's it going? Hi, Quinn. It's going, going awesome. So uh, appreciate you having me on the show here. No problem. It's my pleasure to have you here, Pradeep. So listen, you are, uh, let's start with the non-business related stuff. You are a father of how many? Yeah, I have two young ones, a five-year-old, almost six, and a three-year-old who's almost four. Man, time flies. Uh, I know, eh? I got a, <laughs> I have a five-year-old that's going to turn six, and I have twins that are about to turn two. Oh, wow. So you got three. So are you, are you guys done? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> technically done. I didn't do, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get snipped, but uh, <laughs> technically we're done. That's awesome. So are your twins, are they girls, boy, girl? One of each. Yeah. Boy awesome. and a girl. Awesome. That's kind of cool. Different. It's, it's so incredible how different two people can be not only two different people, but they're twins and they're so di- completely different. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. An introvert and a, uh, and a man and a crazy, a crazy <laughs> dude, right? It's, uh, yeah, incredible. And at the age of two, you can only already see like the personalities. It's, man. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, having kids? Yeah, it is. So I know you're from Canada as well. So we were just talking earlier and you're like from one of the most beautiful places on earth, although you did move. Uh, to Ontario right now, which is, I guess, uh, also a beautiful place, but not as pl- not as nice as BC. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. I, know, I guess we all agree on that. BC, <laughs> Okanagan is it's like probably one of the most beautiful places that there is. Absolutely. So uh, let's before we get into business, give us a little uh, quick story about uh, who you are as a person. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone were to ask me who I am, basically, I'm a, I'm a farm boy at heart. I grew up in Kelowna, British Columbia. I grew up on an orchard. My parents were immigrants from India. And, and that's pretty much how I grew up. I, I, from the moment, you know, my late, my first earliest memories are that of being on an orchard. And my parents, when they used to work, my brother and I, they actually used to put us in an apple bin because they didn't have they didn't have childcare sometimes. So I grew up with trees. I grew up with nature. That's who I am. I love jumping on the tractor. And then uh, it was interesting because my parents, they obviously wanted me to not have to work as hard as them. And they kind of pushed me down the academic path. Just typical, I think, immigrant family and uh, especially Indians are like, be a doctor, be a lawyer or an engineer or something. And and I went through university. I was doing sciences and then something just kind of struck me. And I said, you know, this isn't for me. And I went into business. And from there, I got into the corporate world. And in the corporate world, I did very well as a successful executive. I was in the corporate world for 14 years, but I was, I was miserable. A, because I, I knew that there was a lot more out there to life. B, I always wanted to be my own boss because I believe that when you have your destiny in your own hands, you can do a lot more. And I literally just walked into work one day and I quit. I just said, I'm done. And then people were just looking at me and saying, are you crazy? Even my parents at that time were saying, you know, you have it 
I had everything made for me. They're like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then, um, interestingly enough, though, everything kind of fell into place. I was working with entrepreneurs before. I have a background in an extensive background in business. I've been studying business for decades, as well as psychology and neuroscience and mindfulness. And it just kind of came together that as soon as I got out of the corporate world, I started, doors just started opening up and I was working with very successful entrepreneurs and helping them grow their business. And then it kind of led me down to where I am right now, which is really helping people. So if you said, you know, outside of being a farm boy and what do I do for an entrepreneurship? My passion is really helping people change their lives and really helping them to see life from a different perspective. And I don't know about about you, Quinn, but I see so many people struggling today and not being as happy as they could be. Absolutely. And more, more people stressed out, feeling anxiety. They don't have the health that they should have. And it impacts not only them, their family. So for me, it's a personal mission. And last year, I actually last, lost my father. Uh, he was, wow. yeah, just a sudden sure. heart attack. Yeah, thank you. He, uh, it was, it was, something very devastating, but it's something that really pushed me down my, this path even further. It, it was something that really woke me up because you can lose anybody in an instant. You can lose anybody in a heartbeat. And uh, it was mine two months ago. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, thanks. It was just, just to kind of reiterate what you were just mentioning, right? It's a heartbeat. We can lose anybody. You can. And I just... Uh, I know we're talking about the subject, but two days ago, I just lost my uncle. My dad's younger brother just passed away. Um, you know, he, he went into sleep. He had a heart attack. He went peacefully. But it just tells us how gentle and how sensitive life can be sometimes. And we just have to appreciate it for, for what it is. So that's kind of how I live life. I really, I'm not big into the material world. Uh, I, I do very well, but I, my life is really about the relationships that I have with my family, my kids, and helping other people because there's, that's my passion. I love to see people laugh. I love to see people smile. I love, I love to see people just live out their dreams, and that's, that for me is, is everything. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's really, uh, really a great philosophy and a way to live your life because uh, I'm turning that way as well, of course. There's always have to be something in your life that kind of hits you to change you, right? Or yes. or else uh, we we always change, but it's slowly, right? Yep. And now when when something does strike you and you can change faster, and when something somebody like you really wants to help, I know pretty that I, I do the same thing. So I know you know the feeling it is when you actually know you help somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've been on, on both sides, right? I've been helped as well. And it's such a great feeling. And helping somebody feels better than being helped. I believe so. Yes, I, I agree too. I, I, sometimes for us guys too, I think it's tough to get help from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's why I actually started this new business with the, the male entrepreneurs because there were so many guys that were struggling and they didn't, they didn't need to struggle. They don't have to struggle. Yet, based on our pride and our ego, sometimes we don't actually reach out for help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, just for the audience that's listening, that is the male entrepreneur that you guys can find at the male entrepreneur. That is Pradeep's business. And about that, Pradeep, I want to ask you: Did you ever get any social media slapping, basically, for working with man only? Yes. 
Yeah, so I did. I did at the beginning, and I would have because I do have uh, female clients as well. I just don't strictly focus on men. Mm-hmm. I do have some women that say, "Hey, can you help me?" And I definitely take them on. But my focus is really on men, and for two reasons. One is because I'm a man. I've been there. I've experienced the challenges. I know what men go through. Um, but two, because they're very underserved right now, and I provide a very open, a very constructive. And a very insightful, but also a very safe atmosphere for men to be able to open up and actually share their challenges and actually help them break through their their roadblocks. So yes, I had women that would just say, well, isn't this sexist? Even some of my own friends, I'll give you an example, because I have the brand, it's called The Male Entrepreneur, I have t-shirts, and some of my friends were even like, pretty, I want a shirt, but I don't know if I can wear it because I have female clients and I don't want them to look at me like... You know, it's, it's kind of offside. So we, but that's my whole point, Quinn. I, and I, I honestly, I openly ask for people to comment. I openly ask people to challenge me because this isn't about male chauvinism. This is about aligning men with who they are. And a lot of people don't understand that right now what's happening in society is that people are putting down masculinity. People are putting down what it is to be a man. And if we continue down this path, it's going to be a very dangerous path because the structure, the family unit of a family is made up of a woman who typically has more feminine energy and a man that has more masculine energy. If you take the masculine energy away from a man, you're taking the man out of them. And as you know, you have young children. This is the biggest thing that hit me was the first thought that went through my mind when I lost my father was, how am I going to teach my son to be the man that my dad taught me to be? Yes, yes. That was the first thing. And I just said, wow, there's so much I didn't learn from my dad. I wish I would have taken more time to learn from him from that standpoint. Because when, I, when my dad would walk into a room, you know, he was a big guy, very statured. You could just feel his presence, right? That's what a, being a man is about. When you walk into a room, you want your family to feel the presence like, okay, you know, either my husband's here, my dad's here, everything is safe. Everything is going to be okay, regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Right, he's there to protect us. Yeah, man. You know, Pradeep, uh, have you heard of Jordan Arbinger? You had a huge podcast. It was the Art of Charm, and now he has the Jordan Arbinger show. No, I haven't actually. Okay, it's like one of the top worldwide. It's like twelve years old. He's he's the one of the original podcasters ever. Well, yeah, and uh, once he said. Uh, you guys should interview your your dad or your mom, your dad. And even if you don't air it on, on your shows or whatever, if you have a show, at least you can interview your, your dad, for example, as if you were interviewing anybody else and ask him things. And you'll find out things that you never knew before about your own dad, about your family. And you can keep that as a memory for when they when they leave. Wow. And I, I kept this in my mind. Now. I'm like, I got to do that. I got to do that. And guess what? I didn't do it. So it, it's like such a great thing when you, you can have a, like a third, a third party view of what's actually in, inside your own family's mind, right? What, how did you grow up? What did you, were you entrepreneurial? Uh, you just didn't have the chance to start a business in, in 1950 or 60, right? those kind of things it's just like you said i want to make sure like my dad he did impress me he was like the most amazing human being ever so 
I want to make sure that my kids have that as well. And he was very masculine. Doesn't mean that uh, he was against. That's what a lot of people think. If you're masculine, you are against uh, women or uh, right. There's, uh, I guess, how can I put this? You know this better than anybody. You can be very masculine and still be the best father, the best husband, help your wife in the kitchen, do the dishes, yep. right? It's yep. absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. But that idea of yours is absolutely brilliant. I think, I think you should spread that out there to every podcaster to really interview their parents because, man, I just, that just struck me because I'm thinking the same thing. You know, it would have been mm-hmm. nice to have my dad on the show. <laughs> yeah, I interviewed my mom. So oh, uh, Great. I, I have that saved and that's like, now I know things, I actually, 100%, I learned things that what she used to think growing up that I had never, never in a million years I would imagine. So wow. it's, it's a great, yeah, it's a great tool to have. Yeah, amazing. So yeah, let's get back into this. Yep. Um, is masculinity toxic? This is something that's been discussed. Uh, I guess since in the beginning of 2019, because of Gillette commercials and all that, yeah. is there such thing? Uh, I mean, there is such thing. Every every story yeah. has sides, right? But do you, what do you think about about that? Yeah, I would say I'm going to take a different perspective from here. I'm going to say it is toxic if you don't have enough of it, because a man should have a different. So if we take a look at the energies of men, every man has both masculine and feminine energy here. So my background is actually in mindfulness and spirituality as well. So um, if you take a look at what happens is every female has masculine and feminine energy as well, but females have more feminine energy. Men have more masculine. The whole thing there is if a man doesn't have enough masculine energy, and I'm talking about heterosexual men, not, not, not uh, a gay men, but if a heterosexual man doesn't have that masculine energy, he doesn't have that self-confidence, right? And he has to do things to things that might not be appropriate. I'm not talking about all guys that really make them feel themselves feel better. So perfect example is someone like Trump or people that actually do do things like sexual harassment or, or inequality. Those are the guys that are not masculine. Those are the guys that are lacking masculine because Pure masculinity, if you take a look at it, does not need to do unjust things to prove our masculinity. So when you say, is masculinity toxic? I would say, yes, if you don't have it. And it's just like, you know, the analogy that I like to use is big dogs versus little dogs, right? I have big dogs and I understand that. And some of my friends have little dogs and I always laugh and I was, because the little dogs are always yapping away, right? They're always little yapping away and they're nipping and, and my dog is just like a gentle giant. And they're like that because they know where they stand in the pecking order. They don't need to do anything yes. to make people feel uncomfortable. That's the best uh, analogy ever. Do you ever see that? Uh, there's a meme going around where uh, it's a true story. They grabbed a cheetah, which was the f- it's the fastest uh, terrestrial animal on Earth. And they put a cheetah racing with uh, hound dogs or, or those race dogs, whatever they're called. And there's uh, five dogs and then a cheetah. And when they opened the gates to start the race, the cheetah didn't move. And all the dogs start racing like crazy. And then the moral of the story was that when you are the best, uh, like the cheetah, you know, the, they can do, is it 80 mile per hour? 
Pretty fast, yeah. Pretty close. Yeah, putting that, her against the dogs, it didn't move because there's nothing to prove here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's awesome. But that's yeah. that's that's a prime example. And I think what has happened in society is that people have really taken um, and misconstrued what masculinity is. First, first of all, most people don't understand it. So I can I can go into it a little bit here. What masculine energy is? It's very yes. still. It's very strong. It's very peaceful. It's also very dominating, but it's also very goal-oriented and task-focused, right? If you take a look mm -hmm. at how men evolved over the years through the caveman ages, we were the hunters, right? We went out there, you pick a target, a prey, and you had to hunt it because that's how you provided for your family. That is how men are. That's how the masculine energy are. Where feminine energy is more, what I like to say, flowing. It's more wild. Feminine energy is actually likes to challenge things. It actually likes to challenge the masculine. If you've ever had a you know, in your relationship with your spouse, if, you're, if your woman is challenging you, for example, that's a good thing, right? As long as it's not criticism, but she's challenging you because she's testing to see if you can stay in your masculine energy. That's how you know that you're masculine. So feminine energy is flowing. It's very creative. So all these things like the arts and crafts, that's feminine energy. So that's why we have this polar attraction that's why men are attracted to women is because we're completely different right as you can know as a man we're you know we have that confidence and strength but sometimes we look to our women for that variety that flow we want to feel their energy we want to mm -hmm. feel like we're free because a lot of times as guys we don't feel that freedom right we Absolutely. feel like we, we have to be solid all the time we have to be totally still and even though there's complete chaos outside like complete whether it's a hurricane or a fire you experience that right yes yeah you have to be the solid one in that family and so we look towards our women to provide us that variety that flow that creativity so this is where people get it construed and they say you know just because a, a man is aggressive and it does this hey that's completely wrong but that has nothing to do with masculinity that's either stupidity or immaturity i really love that and the fact that you went and explained because there's also uh, I don't know if you know Lewis House. He launched a book called The Mask, Mask Some Masculinity. You ever see that? I think so, yeah. Yes, yep. And so basically, it is the fact that a lot of men and most men have to change masks depending on who they're present with and yep. who they're talking to. They've got to change. Most men have to go through that, sometimes showing something that is not real that's not who they really are but that's yeah. what society wants to see exactly and that's the difference between who a, a man is internally and that's really where i help guys is really help them with their masculinity internally because there's a difference between masculinity and the mass that you're talking about because that is just ego mm -hmm. right? and when you put that ego up it's like putting on a show all the time yes and, yes and it becomes tiring it becomes very exhausting and you can't be yourself. And that's why if you're really in tune with your masculine energy, whether it's through um, understanding it as a first step, right? Really understanding what masculine energy is. And then through other techniques like mindfulness and really getting deep into who you are as an individual, mm -hmm. you will understand that you don't need to put that show on anymore. And you have this a different set of or a set of uh, confidence, right? It's a real confidence. It's a comforting confidence. And people will look at you differently. You'll look at yourself differently. And you'll actually be able to perform better. And that's where when I was I first started working with guys and male entrepreneurs, 
even though my background is in business, I've led pretty much every division in, in a, in a uh, corporate environment. So I'm very in tune in marketing, sales, operations. I would go in there and help them grow their business. But 80% of the work that I would do with them is on the life side. Yes. And I, real, I realized that it's not the strategies and tactics that will help you be successful in business and in life. It's really the life mastery. It's a self-mastery. And that's why I focus so much now on, you know, my motto is master yourself and you can master your life because the strategy and tactics, that's the easy stuff, right? It's mastering yourself because it all comes down to two things. And life is simply two things. It's the decisions you make and the actions you take. And it's just a series every single day, every single moment, it's decisions and actions. And if you can nail that down, you're never going to be perfect. But if you can nail it and just understand it and say, okay, everything that I'm doing is just a decision. I can decide to do this or I can decide to do that. It becomes almost like a game and it becomes fun. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I read something you said once. It was mastering yourself through elevating your thoughts, emotions, and energy is the most powerful way to take your business in life to the next level. Yes. So... If I read this 10 years ago, being completely honest here with you, if I read this 10 years ago, I probably would have blocked you in all social media, <laughs> right? Now, yeah. <laughs> reading that today, I think well, this man is a genius, right? So please explain to us what, what this means, elevating our thoughts and the energy. So explain to, to people that are not at that level yet what this means and what can we do with this? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned before, I, I, I take into it transformational psychology, neuroscience, and basically mindfulness. So mindfulness is more of an ancient art. So science is really my background. So you have to understand that everything that we do right now, for the most people, are, is that we're put on autopilot. Our brain is an organ that is very efficient. It actually consumes 20% of our calories. But in order to be efficient, what it does is it creates patterns. It creates patterns. So if you do something today, and you do something tomorrow, your brain automatically recognizes it and says, okay, this is a pattern. I'll just continue to do it. So what ends up happening? You continue to have the same thoughts over and over again and create the same emotions. And so basically, your brain is running you. And so what you need to do, and this is why mindfulness is so important. This is why traditional mindfulness exercises and meditation is important because you actually interrupt that pattern and you take control of your system rather than your brain taking control of you. And so most people, most men and women, because I'm going to talk to everybody here, is they're misaligned in some way, shape, or form. If I ask 10 people, I say, hey, look, how are you feeling in life? They might say good or whatever, and I really get down into it because I'm really good at asking pointed yeah. questions. 90% of people will have something that they're not happy about in their life that's weighing them down. And it is one of three things. One is they don't have the energy. They just feel off. The second one is they're their thoughts, they all have, they have these crazy thoughts, like they're not good enough, or maybe their spouse might leave them, or maybe they're just not being a good parent, or maybe not a good son or a, a wife or whoever it is. That is their thought pattern because our brain, on average, we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. And 47% of the time, on average, we are not controlling our thoughts. Our mind just wanders. And where does our mind wander to? To all the craziest places that we don't want it to go to right? Like, okay, like, am I going to have enough money to pay the bills today? What if I don't get additional clients? What if, you know, my kids get sick or I, you know, God forbid my, you know, something happens to my kids, all these crazy things that run through your mind. And then you have emotions on top of that. 
you have these emotions because every time you think something, you have chemical reactions that create emotions. Most people don't realize. We like to think that we're creatures of logic, especially, especially men, but we're not. Science and research has shown that up to 95% of our decisions are based on emotions. And what ends up happening is when we feel an emotion, we make a decision and then we use our logic to confirm our emotion and our decision. Yep. And so it's just bias. Yeah, exactly. So it just, it just creates that cycle. So from a, I'm going to take it from a different perspective is from a spiritual perspective, right? You have your mind, body, and soul. You, you have this internal energy in you. If you align your energy, your life energy, and people say pretty, how do you know you have life energy? Well, I said, are you walking? Are you talking? Are you taking a breath? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that means you have energy. Yeah. What happens if you died? Well, you turn into dust or whatever. Okay, so you have no energy when you die. So therefore, you have energy right now. You have life energy. No one can refute that. Your life energy has to be aligned with your thoughts and your emotions. And most people are not aligned. And that's why they have some kind of conflict in their life, whether it's in their values or whether who they, who they think they are. And what ends up happening is they're not making effective decisions, right? They'll decide to do something, but then when they take action, they're not committed to it fully. And so what ends up happening, they take three steps forward and then they might take two steps back or life might hit them. They might be in a personal situation where maybe the relationship isn't going as well. And then they kind of lay off the the gas and they kind of start moving away from their goals or what they want out of life. And so life is just this pattern of um, thoughts, emotions, and your life energy. And when you align those, you really unlock what I call, it's an inner force. And you know this, and you may have felt this at some point in time when you feel completely like you're on the ball, you're completely focused, and anything that comes in your way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you don't flinch, right? You're just like, I got this, I can overcome this, and I can blast through this. But how often does that occur for most people? maybe 2% of the time, maybe 5% of the time, right? Most people don't feel it the majority of their, the waking moment. That's where if you can get yourself aligned, then you can feel those emotions, that power within you to be able to take on things that you normally wouldn't. So this is where for entrepreneurs, they, entrepreneurs, you are your biggest asset in your business and in your life, mm-hmm. but you are also your biggest roadblock. That's what it comes down to. If you can step out of your own way, you can create the life and the business that you want. And how easy is it to do this, to step out of my own way? And like you said, our brain follows patterns and it just makes it, it's the easiest way. It's the low-hanging fruit. The brain just follows that. And we are, I even wrote it down, what you said. Uh, your, our brain is running. Your brain is running you. Yeah. How can we... Uh, fight that. How can I want to run my own brain? That's my biggest goal right now is to be the master of my brain and try to get some sub subconscious help in there because I know that's even more powerful than, than our conscious brain, right? Absolutely. How can I do this? So there's a system. And so this is where I, I tell people, and it's almost like a caution, right? There's a lot of books out there when it comes to, you can read on mindset, you can read on your emotions, but no one really gives you a full force system. And this is where I spent actually two days, actually, or two days, that's mm-hmm. next to nothing, two, basically two decades creating a system. It's a 10 point system really that really nails down the components to align everything because to have transformation, to have really a shift in taking control of your brain, you have to hit every major point. If you're just focusing on one specific thing just by reading a book, 
It's not going to change a system. It's not enough momentum to actually change something. So long story short, here's how you can do it is really, first of all, you need to focus on what I call your life energy. And there's three things in your life energy. The first thing is you need to be in the present moment because mm-hmm. most people spend 10% of their time in the present moment. They're always thinking about the future and they're thinking about the past. What ends up happening then is you lose all power because you have no power in the future. You have no power in the past. Here's a simple example, Quinn. If I asked you, can you hit a baseball tomorrow or can you hit a baseball yesterday? What would your answer be? Probably neither one. (laughs) No, the only time you can hit a baseball is in this moment. Right. And that's where people, if you understand this concept, this will change your perspective on life. If you understand that the only power that you have is right now, you can change your future, but you can't change your future by just thinking about your future. You have to do something about it today. So be in the present moment. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you need to understand whether you're a man or you're a woman, the masculine versus feminine energy, because we can be imbalanced, right? So if I'm in a, in, in my relationship with my wife and I'm, you know, she's feeling down and she needs someone to connect to, I'm going to be more in my feminine energy because I need to connect with her. But if she needs something more strength, something more solid, more peace, then I'm going to be in my masculine energy. If I'm in my business and I'm working on this tough task, then I need to be my masculine. If, if I come across a roadblock, I need to be my masculine because I need to be completely confident with who I am and not have any self-doubt. The moment I say, am I, am I not good enough to do this? What if I don't have enough money to do this? Or what if this fails? You're out of your masculine energy and you need to be aware of that. So awareness is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. The third part to this life energy of, of uh, what I call component is really your focus because where you put your focus determines the level of energy you have. Do you focus on possibility or do you focus on things that have gone wrong? Do you focus on, Hey, look, you are the master of your destiny or are you basically the slave to your circumstances? Do you focus on positive things versus negative things? Every single focus that you have determines whether you actually move forward or you move backwards. Mm -hmm. So just simple awareness, is the simplest things. If it's a checkpoint that I have, it's a system. Now I just go boom, 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 boom. And I say, okay, am I in the present moment? Yes or no. Okay. Yes, I am. Am I in my masculine energy? Yes or no. Okay. I am. Am I focusing on the right things? No. Okay. So this is where I need to pay attention to. And then I go now, now to the next level, which is really mastering your mind. This is what you're talking about from a brain perspective, right? The first one's life energy. The second one is your mind. And your mind is three components, really. If you take a look at this, your mind is made up of two things, your brain and your thoughts. And it's like the hardware system of a computer and your software system. Your brain is the hardware, your thoughts is the software. So your mind, you need to take a look at it from three different angles. The first one is you need to have an identity, right? Who are you? If someone asked you, who are you? What would you say, right? When someone asks me who I am, I have three things. I'm a visionary, I'm a leader, and I'm a driver. That's how I live my life. Every decision is based on those three characteristics, right? So I would highly recommend everybody to write down three. I wouldn't put down any more than three, but three characteristics for your identity. Why is this so important? Because the strongest force of your brain is to be consistent with who you think you are. And just to go a bit deeper on that point, you are not what you do, right? No, you are not what you, you don't, you are not what you think. Mm -hmm. 
you are who you are and you have to understand that. And because people do, I've done stuff in the past that I'm not proud of, but you have to understand that your brain will produce thoughts that are not you. You have to step back and understand that you have life energy. You are your life energy. You have a soul. Just know that your brain is just an evolution. It's an organ. It's just like a heart. Sometimes it skips a beat, right? Sometimes it produces thoughts that are not you. Don't take that to heart. But this is where you control it. This is where you take control of your mind and you say, this is who I am. I've written these three characteristics down. Brain, now you switch on. This is what you're going towards. The brain is, a, is an amazing organ because it follows a goal. You have to give it that goal. Otherwise, it will create its own goal. So create the goal for your identity. And it will, it will do things towards consistency there. The second part is your values. Right? Most people don't understand or don't know what their values are. And values are simply just how you behave and what's important to you. So write down your top 10 values because you will soon realize that the way you live may not be what you think are your values and you be maybe missing some values in terms of how you're living or maybe there's something conflicting. I see this all the time. This was something that I personally went through because part of my life, I went through the majority of my life not valuing money. And the time when I didn't value money, I didn't have as much money as I wanted to. But the moment I started saying, I'm going to value abundance, right? That's going to be part of my thing. I don't value money per se, but I can, I can value what money can do for other people and my family and, and helping people. That shifted. My whole financial system shifted. So what you value is very important to you, whether you value family, whether you value health, whatever it is, write them down because then you will be more consistent with that. And you will also notice whether something is missing and whether something is conflicting in there. The third part to your mind is also your filters. Everybody has a filter and you have thousands of filters. Basically, every single thing that you look at, if you and I were to take a look at something, we would see the exact same thing, but in a different perspective. We could look at a white wall and you might see a different shade than I will see. And it's because you have a different filter than I do. And your filters are created by how your brain evolves up until about the time you're eight years old. So the majority of the filters that you have today, that you're using today, in terms of how you see the world, has been created within the first eight years of your life. How crazy is that? Yeah. That we're still looking at things the same way we did at the time we were eight years, we just don't know it. We think we're more mature, but subconsciously, we have those same things. So just be aware of that. So if, you, are you, if you're reacting to something, if you're thinking about something, all you do is a simple exercise I tell people to do is just think of like you're wearing a, a set of glasses and you're saying, hmm, what lens am I looking at this through? What if I put on a different filter, right? Or is this lens, is it outdated? Does my prescription need to be changed because this lens is from when I was a kid, right? It's no longer applicable, so let me throw that away, right? So those are the types of lenses that you have, filters that you have in your life that you have to constantly reevaluate. If you can do those three things, identify your identity, you put down your values, and you determine your filters and you constantly reevaluate them, you will have control over your mind. But then you also have to take a look at your emotions, which is the last component. And your emotions are the most powerful thing. That's why, you know, I want people to realize this. Every single thing that a person does that you do in life is for one reason, is, we, is because you want to feel something. Not because you want to think something, not because you want to have something, because you want to feel something. Because every single thing you do is based on a feeling. Even if you buy a Ferrari, for example, 
It's not the Ferrari. It's what it makes you feel like when you sit in that Ferrari, when you drive it. It's not about the food. It's not about the food itself. It's how the food makes you feel when you eat it, right? It's all about feelings and emotions. So understand that because the quality of your life will be tenfold if you understand that you should live your life based on emotions. So put down what the biggest, easiest thing to do is write down the top three or five emotions that you want to feel in life, whether it's more joy, more inner peace, more fulfillment. And then you work backwards and you say, okay, what kind of life do I need to create to have these emotions? So I, it's funny because I, I, I work with guys that are making, you know, eight, nine figures and, and they're like, I want more inner peace. Okay, that's great. So how do you create inner peace? Well, what if it was spending more time with my family, maybe not working as much? Exactly. But what they've done is they did it the complete opposite way. They created a lifestyle based on making money and now they don't have the inner peace that they want. Yeah. Right. So you got you have to work towards and understand that if you want a, a massive corporation and a billion dollar organization, for example, you might not have the inner peace that you want eventually. Right. So be aware of that. So awareness is absolutely the most important thing. I tell everybody to do what I call an hourly emotional check. And there's apps out there that you can get with like mood meters and stuff like that, that can remind you every hour that basically says, Hey, look, how are you feeling right now? Because if you have a goal to feel like you're joyful, but right now at this moment, something reminds me and I check my feelings and I say, I'm not feeling very joyful. I can actively be like, okay, what do I need to do to be more joyful? Right? So awareness is the first part. The second is physiology. As I mentioned, your body, your, your emotions are just chemical reactions to your thoughts. So your physiology. So if you've ever seen a depressed person, what do they look like? They're usually hunched over. They're not, they're not you know, they're not, they don't, they're not full stature. They don't have their chest out. They don't look confident, right? Or someone that's sad. It's the exact same thing. So your body is a reflection of your emotions and your body can actually change your emotions. So we, this is all through evolution too. If you feel fear, what happens? You have blood rushing to your feet. Why? Because through evolution, you need to run fast if you feel fear. Mm-hmm. So that blood will actually run to your feet and that's how we're designed. So you can feel emotions in your body, right? If you're feeling anxious, you're going to feel it maybe in your gut, maybe in your chest area. If you're feeling angry, you're going to feel it in your face because your face goes flush because that's a sign for other people from an evolutionary standpoint. Don't mess with me. I'm pissed off. And it also goes to your hands. What automatically happens? You clench your fists because the blood goes there to say, okay, maybe I need to strike, mm-hmm. right? So your body is a representation of your emotions. But by changing your body, your physiology, you can actually change your emotions. So by breathing deeper, for example, right? By if you're feeling stressed, you know, people say, you hear this all the time, go for a run, do some exercise. Yes, because that changes your body. It's now been proven now. Research shows that if you're not feeling confident, if you stand up, you do a power pose with your chest out, your, your fists on your hips, and just like a Superman pose, two minutes of that will actually boost your testosterone levels and your levels of confidence. Nice. So be aware of your physiology. The third component for that is really your words. And your words are so important, right? Every single thing that you say, you have to watch because who is the person that's listening to your words the most? You are. Your brain is. So every time you say something, it's going right back into your ear and your brain is actually producing chemicals to be consistent with what you say. That's why when you hear people say, I'm sick, I'm not feeling well, what ends up happening? They actually get sick because your brain actually produces chemicals to be consistent. Remember what I said, your brain 
the most powerful force is it tries to be consistent with who you think you are. So the moment you say, hey, look, I'm sick, that's what your brain's going to start producing. If you say, I'm great, I'm doing well, your brain will actually start producing more positive chemicals and endorphins in your body. So be aware of your words. Words are very powerful, right? Affirmations are great. Repeat what you want out of life, how you feel about yourself, what you tell yourself, your stories. That's very important. So those are the nine points for the system of really taking control of yourself. But the 10th point, which is actually what I call, it's like turning up the volume on your stereo, for example. It's increasing the amplitude. I'm going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, Quinn, if, if that's okay. But oh, every, yes, please. Our, our, our living being, if you take a look at, I'm, I'm talking about quantum physics here. This has been proven by science, is that every single living thing and non-living thing actually has a frequency right? So we're emitting frequencies based on our energy levels. By the words I say, by the physical, my emotions, everything is just radiating um, frequencies. And you can actually measure that. Some in the spiritual world, people call that an aura, right? Yeah. And so these frequencies that you have in life sometimes get thrown off whack, right? And what ends up happening, right? You go through life, you have these injustices. Sometimes you might have tough parents, you might have failed in school or you got beat up or picked on or bullied, whatever it is, bad relationships, your frequency gets thrown off. And what ends up happening is people tone down themselves, right? They turn the volume down in terms of who they believe they are, who they want to be in life. If you look at most people, they are not who they want to be. They don't act like they want to be. And even if they are, they're not turning up the volume. And I'm not talking about being extroverted. I'm just talking about being certain about who you are. So turning up the volume, what I call turning up the amplitude is, hey, look, if I'm in a state of being happy, I'm going to turn that up. I'm going to turn up the amplitude because why am I just going to sit here and feel a little bit of happiness? I'm going to feel a lot of happiness. So just by saying and just thinking of yourself like a stereo and saying, hey, how do I dial this up? You can actually create a higher frequency within yourself and actually create more energy and more of those feelings that you want to create. And by doing all 10 of those things, you are actually going to change yourself. The biggest thing I can say on top of that is in order to do that, really align it, meditation is important. Because what meditation does is actually, it, it's proven now with science, they've done brain scans, is it actually, what they call it is it cre creates coherence. So for most people, the way we live our life is we have so much stress, stress so, many, uh, so much anxiety, so many thoughts running through our mind that our brain is actually shooting off. Just think about different firecrackers shooting off in your brain. You have about 85 billion cells in your brain, which is a lot. You have trillions of neural connections. You have, I think they, the last number they said was like almost a quadrillion actually systems firing off every single minute. Do you know how much that is? That is astronomical. Scientists still say the human brain is the most complex thing that they've ever come across in the entire universe. So what this means is that you got to quiet that sucker down. you got to calm it down because if those firecrackers keep going off, you're just like all over the place. So what meditation does is it actually quiets down parts of your brain. And when it quiets the brain down, every start, everything starts to sink, right? It starts to sink together. Your thoughts start to sink together. Hmm. And the other part, which is actually very, it's absolutely phenomenal, is what they call heart-mind coherence is that your brain, there's three intelligences that you have in your human body. One is your brain, this noggin up here. The second is your heart, 
amazingly enough, your heart has its own intelligence yes. because it, as an embryo, your heart develops before your brain develops. Think about this. Your heart is created before your brain, which is crazy. And then you also have your, what we call the microbiome, which is your gut. Your gut, there's like tens and thousands of different types of bacteria in your gut that are talking to each other all the time and telling it how to basically react, how to digest food, and actually send chemicals through your intestine. So these three different intelligences are constantly communicating with themselves and with each other. What ends up happening is when you meditate, it shuts off all the chatter. It allows your body to heal itself, right? Because your body has the functionality to heal itself physically. You can actually change the DNA. It's called neuroplasticity. They've shown this now that meditation can change that. But what ends up happening is your heart will actually sync up with your head. And I've experienced this myself through um, some tests that we've done and through meditative exercises where you can see now that the pattern of my heart, it's called the heart variability, starts to sync up with my brain waves. And you can see this on graphs where let's just say, you know, for the listeners, you can't see this, but just think of two different brain waves and they're going off and they're not in sync. But when you're in a state of meditation, your brain waves and your heart variability will actually start to go more in sync. And so what does that do? You, you feel like you're in inner peace. You feel like you're at harmony and you can actually create things. That's a state of creation, right? When people talk about manifestation sometimes, that's a state where you can really tap in into not only the quantum physical world, but some may, people might call it the spiritual world. But this is a world of really being true to yourself. This is where you really say, man, it doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't matter whether my business is making money right now or not making money. I feel good. I feel great. And the moment that you put yourself in a position of that power, guess what happens? You have more control. And when you're in control, you can make better decisions and take better action. And therefore, your business will get better as a result of that. So there, there's a kind of long-winded answer, but that's how you kind of you take control of yourself. Oh, man. Pretty, you know, uh, listening to you, I'm just so fascinated because everything you, you talked about, oh, man, I, I really love this subject because I'm getting into this. But, of course, compared to you, I'm an, I'm an amateur I want to be present and I want to have, uh, I want to focus on the possibility, uh, not what the, the negative outcomes are, being positive, all that stuff. So with all that said, so many questions came up, you know, as a <laughs> podcaster, because you're a podcaster as well. Yep. The, the, one of the worst things is that w when you're interviewing somebody, you got to be thinking, okay, I'm going to ask them something next, of course, right? <laughs> you got to be thinking that. And sometimes yeah. uh, when you're thinking of what to ask next, next, you actually forget to listen what the person told you. So yeah. when you hear your podcast or when you're editing it, uh, you hear the interview and I'm like, this is such a fantastic interview, but you missed it thinking of the questions. Now yeah. with you, uh, so many questions come up about the emotions, the affirmations. For example, I want to ask you about the affirmations. Let's start with that. Yep. I hear I, uh, the I am affirmations. Yes. Uh, let's say you go to YouTube. You, you There's like eight hours of I am wealthy. I am, uh, you know, I love myself. I all these I am. And I often turn them on and I go to bed and I let it be on 
hoping that it does work for me. And let me let me hear your opinion. Do you think it does work when I go to bed and I hear these positive affirmations for six, so, seven hours? Yeah, so it works to a certain degree. It will, because anything that you put into your mind subconsciously will work. But here's how the brain works, right? You have different centers. You have what we call the, uh, the occipital center, which is what you see. You have the auditory centers. You have memory centers. What ends up happening? The best time to do affirmations is to combine every single thing at the same time. So you need to be in a state where you're fully like engaged, you're seeing something and you're, you're, you're saying it and you could even be, you don't have to yell it out loud, but the more senses, so I want you to think about the five senses that you have, right? The sight, touch, mm -hmm. taste, hearing. The more of those that you can incorporate into your affirmations, the more it is going to stick because it's hitting every one of those different parts of your brain. So think about you're hitting more targets because if you're just hearing something, it's just, hit, hearing, it's just hitting the auditory part of your brain. It's not hitting the visual and it's not it, or the feeling part either. Yeah. So when you're doing affirmations, include other things in there as well. Physical activity, for example, right? Get your emotions up there. Your whole brain will be fired up and that's what you're trying to do is trying to get it into your memory, right? You're trying to get it into your long-term memory. So get more senses in there. Take a look, write them down, one of the, the, the five senses, and say, how can I incorporate more of these senses into my affirmations? That's what you need to do. Wow. Wow. Ben, thank you. Thank you. So uh, another one is the being present. That's something I'm trying very hard, actually, to do constantly because I don't know if you or a lot of the people listening ever witness something that Somebody that you see every day, for example, my, my five-year-old daughter, I see her every day uh, since the day she was born, almost. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I become 100% present, I look at her, I'm like, wow, well, like, where did you come from? Right? <laughs> you, you are not that little girl that you were. Yeah, the, la the last time I looked at you like this, right? So yeah. that means although... I think I'm present a lot of the times. You're not 100% present because so many things, important things that we miss because we're not present. We're in the past or in the future. And like you said, I cannot hit a baseball yesterday. No. It's, it's so powerful. So powerful. So about focus and on the possibilities, focus on the, the positive things. Yes. Something that I try very hard as well. I heard that most human beings spend 95% uh, of their thoughts are not positive, are negative outcomes of things. Uh, do you agree with that? I would say depends on the person. Mm -hmm. If we take a look at, uh, on average, the everyday person, I could, I could see that happening. And it's just a function of society today, especially with the news and the media and what's happening out there. So I think, I, I think things are changing. We know that depression and anxiety is actually increasing at, for every single generation that moves forward. I know that for sure because the yeah. studies have shown that. I also know that the technology is not helping either. So no. I don't know if it's quite that high, but I know that it's actually getting worse. And people are feeling more anxious and more feel, fearful when they don't need to be in life. Nice. And since you mentioned technology, uh, it, it, it's so helpful. And at the same, same time, I believe it's very, very harmful for us. So, and because of technology, I think we're living in the best time ever 
to grab new opportunities when it comes to, let's say, entrepreneurship. Yes. But because of this, most action takers, and I believe myself to be an action taker, start suffering from the shiny object syndrome and FOMO, like fear of missing out because new, I see new and new things and I'm like, oh, I'm missing out on this. I, I, I'm not doing email marketing. You know, I, I'm not doing Bitcoin. I'm not into, <laughs> so it, it is helping us. And at the same time, it is hurting us a lot. Yes. Do you think it's possible to control your fear of missing out in the shiny object uh, syndrome? Do you, can we control this hundred percent? Oh, absolutely. So the first thing to do is everybody understand that everybody has a fear of missing out. Right. And that's because what ends up happening is you don't have those core emotions of inner peace that you're looking for. The most important thing to do is be comfortable with who you are, not what you're doing, not what you have. If you understand that, then you don't have the fear of missing out as much. And the most, the reason why people fear missing out is because they're not, they're not feeling who they want to be in that moment. Right? So if you have complete peace in that moment about yourself, you're not in fear. You're not feeling fear that, hey, look, I'm going to miss out on that. Because why? Because you're already feeling great right now. If you weren't feeling great right now, you might be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I am missing out. Maybe that's why I'm not feeling good right now. Right? And if I don't, if I don't pick that up, I'm going to feel even worse. Right? And yeah. so as entrepreneurs, we need to remember that the most important thing that you can do is spend your time wisely. And 80% of business is self-mastery. It's not strategies and tactics. It's not the fancy stuff. It's the basic stuff. It's the consistent stuff that you need to do to be successful in life. There will always be stuff flashing in front of your eyes. Always. Yes. But if you, if you continue to take, put your focus on that, what is it taking away from the present moment? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Like pretty, I could speak with you all day, every day, man. But I know, <laughs> I know we're, we're on a time schedule here. So before I let you go, I, I want to let everybody know that Pradeep is a, uh, an amazing person. And we all get testimonials from, let's say, when I work with my business, mostly like helping e-commerce entrepreneurs and stuff like that. We all get testimonials from a ton of people. What we don't get are testimonials from Mr. Frank Kern himself. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I was actually, uh, he was one of my big clients there when I first actually just started working. I, I had actually gone to Frank to learn from him and it just ended up that he just, he said, hey, look, I need your help and can you help me with this, uh, this project that he was working on? So I said, absolutely. Yeah, no kidding. I guess he, uh, he knows uh, good help when he sees it. Yeah. So pretty for everybody listening to us, I already mentioned that uh, the male entrepreneur can be found at the entrepreneur.com. Where else can people find you if they want to get in touch with you and get help from you? Yeah. The, the other one is uh, mailpodcast.com. So we, it, I, I talk a little bit about the stuff that we talk about here today, but it's really, it's kind of more of a fun tune for, for guys stuff, but I call it stuff that guys think about, but don't really say, uh, those are the two main places that you can find me, mainly the mailentrepreneur.com. Awesome. So for you guys listening, check out 
pretty podcast. And if you like what you hear, leave my review and uh, you can do the same uh, as well here for, for this show. Pretty, thank you very much. There's so much that was left out that, that I want to know. And I guess our audience wants to know healing yourself. That's something I'm fascinating with. I'm fascinated with. So I'm guessing we'll have to do this again another time if you're up for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to. Perfect. Again, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to stay in touch for sure. And you guys can expect to hear from Pradeep again here. Thank you for having me on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.